listening to the B Fox and B Frank show. Really, our uh, we we just had the penultimate week of the regular season. Rather, uh, some conference tournaments starting this week, but most of the the big schools still have one week to go. The biggest winner for me from last week, especially the weekend, was just us. Yeah, just a a ridiculous weekend. Uh, buzzer beaters you could throw on there too. You had Arizona State buzzer beater to beat Arizona. Florida State completing a, a massive comeback with Matthew Cleveland buzzer beater to beat Miami. San Diego State's buzzer beater to beat New Mexico. Um, just an all-around crazy week. Um, great games beside just those great moments. Um, and just a an excellent sort of preview for what could be to come in just a few weeks in March Madness. I'm glad we both uh, had this as our number one winner. I I certainly did. Um, yeah, it, it was fun. Just seemingly every game you turned on, something insane was happening. We got a taste of March just before March. A very fitting in the Chicago area, especially as we had a really nice weather weekend as well to go along with it. Uh, just just immaculate in terms of uh, the. The, the play and the vibes and anything you could ask for as a college basketball fan. Uh, it's nice when the sports sport gets the spotlight in the center stage, like it did. I mean, so many games all day long on CBS Saturday and Sunday for first time all year, because the NFL and college football are no longer on and they deliver just some incredible games, not to mention Michigan on Sunday on CBS Hunter Dickinson hits that ridiculous three at the buzzer to send it to overtime uh in in that game so tons and tons of fun uh iowa michigan state is another crazy game uh just just so many comebacks so many outrageous things happening throughout the weekend perfect just in time to kick us off uh, as conference place or conference tournament play like you said starts tonight for uh for some leagues Took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, you know, all the people tuning into college basketball for the first time now that the Super Bowl is over. Well, what a what a first impression of this season, and it has yeah. been a, a crazy season as we've discussed. Um, not a lot of uh, clear elite teams, a couple exceptions, but for the most part, it has been pretty fluid at the top of the rankings. This week is the one exception. No movement in the top five. Uh, Another winner coming in at number six this week in the polls. We got to give some shine to Marquette again. Mm-hmm. Clinched uh, part of the Big East title. Got a road win over Creighton and then uh, win at home over Nepal. Just a, a year-long journey from Tyler Kolick at Media Days. Showed the haters. Showed the haters all year. Now uh, now has that uh, conference title. Kolick had... 18 and 6 assists against Creighton, 24 and 14 assists against DePaul. He has been one of the best point guards in college basketball all season long. And this uh, completes quite a journey for Shaka Smart. We we said when this hire happened, you know, getting closer to a situation he was in, VCU, smaller school still has some some basketball history, but not quite in the same meat grinder you are in Austin, Texas. Could be set up for success. Just a couple of years in, he is uh, very, very successful. Uh, so it's a great culmination this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. No, no team more deserving, I would argue, in the Big East than this Marquette group. Picked ninth preseason, have really been awesome all all Big East play long. 
Um, they, the scariest thing, and I, I mentioned this uh, talking to Sam Norland a couple weeks ago, Cam Jones is a sophomore. Omax Prosper is a junior. Tyler Kolick is a sophomore. Ozo Iguodaro is a sophomore. That's four of their key players, four of their five starters, all of whom average 11.9 points or more per game, can all come back next season. How They could come back the next two seasons, depending on where their draft stock falls. Uh, I have not taken a look at the mock drafts, but I... As good as this team has been, I don't know that any of them will get a look anywhere higher than the second round. And in, with that in mind, I'd imagine they should all be looking to come back. And, you know, whatever this Marquette team does the rest of the season into the Big East tournament, into the NCAA tournament, they will be looking at uh, looked at as one of the elite teams next season, assuming those four are back. And again, that plays into kind of what Shaka Smart likes to do. He is a, a great culture guy, great program builder, and you have that continuity. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not getting really the the lottery pick. Like it, it was kind of a revolving door at Texas of just one and done big men. Um, it's yeah. hard to kind of build um, off of you know at times flashes of of potential, but you never really got the to see the finished product at Texas. We're getting an opportunity to to see that at Marquette. These guys can grow in the system and, and continue to improve year over year. And just as we've seen for most of this season, just give their opponents fits. Um, it's just a, a dynamic offensive team, one of the best in the the country all year long. And yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely not a team you want to play right now. I will I will say that. No, the Big East uh, Big East is not looking fun this year or next. Who's another winner for you from last week? I had to throw Arizona State in there. They uh, saved their season with the insane buzzer beater win um, from Desmond Cambridge. He's he's done it a few times this year, uh, but that was a game they absolutely had to have. Playing a little bit with house money can secure a bid, in my opinion, by winning either of the final two. They're both road games at UCLA, uh, which would assuredly get them in at USC who probably puts them over the edge, but not as comfortably. Um, the The big thing is this was a make-or-break season for Bobby Hurley. He was on one of the hottest seats in the entire country. They hit that fo- uh, four-game skid, lose four of five, including the, the trip to Washington where they lose both of those games. They were a loser on our show for that, that stretch. Come back, they win four of five, granted, you know, two of them were Stanford and Cal, but they get win a win against UConn, who was a late surging bubble team, the win over Arizona State, and all of a sudden they or excuse me, Arizona, and uh all of a sudden they they look like they're on the right side of the bubble. Yeah, and I mean it's it's been uh it's been a wild ride. He's it was he he was one of the coaches that was really in a prove it year, Jared Haas, uh Stanford, another coach in the Pac twelve that very different uh, goes of it. Moss uh, mm-hmm. has not really made the most of this uh, do or die year. Arizona State's got a, if you just looked at the win-loss record, and you're like, yeah, they're uncomfortably, but that's just kind of the, the Pac-12 this year. It's it's a lot of slop, and it, it's a lot of, as we've said, beating up on bad teams doesn't help you much. Getting a win over Arizona, 
massive because that's one of the two teams that really can move the needle if you're able to knock them off ucla obviously being the other um and yeah i i think there were there were points this season where all looked lost um i i think out of the gate honestly um arizona state was another one of those teams that you know had an early early loss um that was was really weighing them down made a bit of an early statement by by blowing out Michigan obviously Michigan not the team that we thought they were but I mean shaking off that early loss to Texas Southern been able to sustain it uh through Pac-12 play and now a a marquee win like this over your rival who Arizona's turning into a team that's becoming very difficult to figure out um yeah because the the results are not matching the potential there um but this was a great performance for for Arizona State. Of course, Cambridge hitting the shot, um, and I mean, just all in all, not not much more you can ask for. This is twenty wins for the Sun Devils. Um, I, I think most in the fan base would be ecstatic with that um, in the preseason. Yeah, their their resume doesn't actually look bad. They're four and three in quad one games, five and five in quad two games. They obviously have that that really bad check mark loss to Texas Southern. Uh, but Johnny Jones and the boys get one every single year, so it had to be someone. But the Creighton game looms large. That that win has aged very well, even if Kalkbrenner wasn't there, it it still counts. Um, Oregon is somehow a quad one win. Colorado is somehow a quad one win. And that that plays and that that should help get this team uh, over the hump, assuming the other bubble teams do not have a, a massive uh, close to the season. Yeah, the, the net's not great, but the, the big difference between Arizona State and a lot of the other bubble teams, they're actually winning games. Um, yeah, just, again, no one wants to do. Um, certainly have more to discuss in the loser section uh, of this show. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's simple. Just win. Um, it helps when you can beat a team of Arizona's caliber. But uh, two birds with one stone there for, for Bobby Hurley's squad. Uh, I am going to... I'm going to shout out Maryland. The, uh, the Fighting Willards. They might be the best team in the country if every game was played at the Xfinity Center. Um, I like credit to UCLA for being able to go in there and get a win because no one else has been able to figure it out. And most games there just are not very competitive. Uh, this week it was Minnesota, who's everyone's you know favorite punching bag, and Northwestern. Uh, the Northwestern game is very impressive because Northwestern has been frustrating a lot of teams defensively all year long that's how they've been able to sometimes steal wins and and certainly perform above what anyone would have expected after losing two front court starters but all five maryland starters and double figures 14 of 22 from three against a team that usually defends the perimeter very well um just all in all great performance and uh yeah that's that's a team that's uh coming on strong at the right time and now maybe can can win a game on the road they've only beaten minnesota since november but they've got ohio state and penn state on the road this week it doesn't get much easier um but we'll see we'll see if they can do it 
Yeah, they're one of the most interesting teams in the country, I think, because they are two and seven, I believe it is, on the road this season, sixteen and one at yeah. home. Louisville, um, a... Louisville, yeah, Louisville is the other road win. Like you can't, you can't really put much stock into either of those games. Effectively, they are zero and seven on the road because if you don't win those, I don't know what you're doing. Um, but yeah, this is this this kind of feels like a a Kevin Willard effort. It was a high scoring first half against Northwestern. They hold them to twenty points in the second half and get a, a runaway win in that game. He his team is peaking at the right time, like you said. The question now becomes: Can he get the results in March? Because I think. You know, I had many years of him, and this is this is kind of the the mo. Like maybe they'll play well uh, in in the Big Ten tournament, um, but then all of a sudden they forget how to play basketball in the, the opening round of the NCAA's, and and it's over. And you'd kind of wonder what happened to the team that we saw three weeks ago. So something to keep in mind. I think this team is is re- less reliant on one guy than he ever had really at Seton Hall, and uh, they shoot the three pretty darn well, so I guess they're they're more feaster famine on the three, but still they can shoot it well as we saw this weekend. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay optimistic. I like Kevin Willard. I think Maryland is is a very tough team to beat. I would like to see. I'm gonna hold judgment until the Big Ten tournament because I think that'll be more telling than these final two road games. Yeah, the Big Ten tournament and certainly the the first game of the NCAA tournament is going to tell us a lot because obviously if they come out looking like a completely different team, then yeah, no, the pattern was the pattern for a reason. Um, But yeah, it's it's difficult to win away from home for any college basketball team, but Maryland, I think, is one of the biggest examples of just the stark difference of how well they have played at home and how that eludes them frequently on the road. You think of the 35-point loss at Michigan, some other uh, very non-competitive efforts. Um, so just something to monitor as we as we get into the uh, the neutral site game uh, portion of the year with, with the Big Ten tournament and uh, the NCAA tournament. They're, they're still very much in play for double bye. Um, and in the Big Ten, the... The jumble there is going to be interesting to see play out over this last week of the year because, I mean, it's it's four teams right now tied at 11 and 7, three more right behind them at 10 yeah. and 8 with Michigan State potentially getting in that group as well. So four teams get double buys. It's going to be an all-out war. So it's imperative that Maryland figures out how to win on the road this week. Yeah, they need it. They absolutely need it. And these are, like you said, two of maybe the easiest road games, air quote, easiest road games you can get. Yeah. No easy wins in the Bryce Jordan Center, but if we're just looking at the stand-ins, these are yeah. two teams closer to the bottom. Um, so can't complain too much about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to go west for my next one, San Diego State. Uh, I talked about it at the, the buzzer beater to potentially – Ruined New Mexico season. Uh, came back from a ten-point halftime deficit. Six straight wins to clinch a share of the uh, the Mountain West title. Um, and 
this is a team that's that's really starting to round into to form nicely. Um, the the defense has been there, obviously, as, as it so often is, but they're they're scoring as well. And the Mountain West is a very good conference this year. I think for most of the year, it's been hovering right around the top five. Um, you know, Pac-12 very top heavy with the two aforementioned teams. ACC is out there getting some cardio, um, but. Mountain West is is no slouch. Boise State, Nevada, Utah State, New Mexico all had kind of at large hopes various points of the year, and uh, yeah, there was there was the burden of expectations certainly for San Diego State this year. They met them. Um, they're their conference champions, deservedly so. And uh, this is a team. I would be very nervous to see as a uh, a high major potential second round matchup. Um, very difficult team to prepare for on the one day turnarounds, um, but someone could have to uh, to deal with just that. Yeah, the the big thing is their offense is starting to come around. Uh, we we've always known them to be a great defensive group. They're thirteenth in Ken Palm defensively right now, up into the top fifty in offensive efficiency. They can win games ugly. They can win games scoring like that. You need the versatility come March. I think so often, uh, as we pointed out, you see some of these teams a la a Tennessee where the defense can be stifling, but when the offense is bad, it's really bad, and that's what costs them in big moments. Uh, I think San Diego State is proving at this point that they are able to play stylistically in the ugly rock fights, defensive battles, or... Uh, maybe a little more up tempo, higher scoring games. Yeah, they uh, they they played in the Seton Hall Rutger forty five forty three game. Uh, they went, went over Fresno, but they've they've gotten in the eighties as well. So I yeah, I would completely agree with your point. They're not as limited as they have been in years past. I think at times, even last year's Matt Bradley primary score that was about it. Um, you know, got some key transfers this year um, that that certainly helps. With the scoring load, and now they're able to, you know, spread it out more and not have to just rely on one guy whenever game in the fifties. Um, that's yeah. that's the the evolution of of San Diego State basketball this year. I would say. Uh, who is who's another winner for you? I'm going to give Villanova a shout out. They had a big week. They've won five of six. Of course, they are rounding into form as Seton Hall gets to play them twice to close the year. Uh, they win at Xavier by one in a very tight game, and then they beat Creighton by double digits. This team's coming alive. Eric Dixon had a monster game against Creighton, 31 points on 11 of 15 shooting, uh, really exploited the matchup, uh, the the favorable matchup, excuse me, against Kalk Brenner, who, who really wants to stay more on the interior. Dixon pulling him out to the perimeter and just going to work. Uh, Cam Whitmore an efficient 17 points. They really didn't need much else from anybody, but I think a very under-the-radar stat line was Mark Armstrong in 20 minutes, 11 points, 5 rebounds, 2 steals. Uh, If he can provide anything near that off the bench, this team becomes significantly better. Justin Moore is still getting back to health and game speed. Uh, You've seen him have a couple decent games, but we all know what he is capable of. Caleb Daniels had an off day in that game, 0 of 7, and they still win by 12. Brandon Slater can give you a ton, but if you add Armstrong, it gives you another dimension at guard that Villanova's really been missing this year. 
uh, and especially on the defensive end. So uh, this is yet another troubling stat and scene for uh, Big East fans, not of the Marquette or Villanova ilk, but play for going into Madison Square Garden. So this is a, a scary team to see. Yeah, I mean, still, still a chance to make it to the tournament. They can snag that automatic bid. They keep playing like this. Um, I mean, also defensively, just doing a good job of, of limiting what Creighton is able to do from the outside. Anytime you go out and you're able to outscore Creighton from three, you're going to have some success. And, and yeah, it was just it was Dixon over and over and over. Um, just a a great, great performance um, against. You know, a guy who has had his share of success this year and it has really been pivotal for Creighton's success uh, this year. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's almost March. Normally, Villanova is in better position than they are right now uh, nationally in the conference. But be that as it may, they're playing their best basketball right now. And, yeah, I I would not want to, uh, to draw that first-round matchup. Because yeah. they're, I mean... Xavier and uh, and Creighton have been two of the best teams all conference season long. Um, so if they can beat them, they can beat anyone. Last one for me, uh, credit to me, but I, I'm going to shout out Kentucky. Um, also, Auburn is just still a joke. I just yeah, ridiculous. Um, but Kentucky is very quietly... Not as quietly as Texas A&M being in second, but Kentucky is quietly alone in third now in the SEC. They are, they've gotten up off the mat. They are in the tournament and doing a pretty good job of improving their seed line over the last uh, couple weeks. Just clobbered Auburn by 32 last time out. Get in. Rebounding boost, obviously, from the likes of Toppin and Shibwe. Being able to knock down shots, Reeves had a good game, uh, went 8 of 13 from 3 as a team, um, and just, you know, looking a bit more like the team that we thought we might see in the preseason. Um, you know, there there are still the the bad performances that, that color your opinion of this Kentucky team um, a bit, but it seems like they are playing some pretty good basketball right now. Um, and I don't know. I, I think there's potential for a non-storylines uh, second-round matchup if the, the committee makes the seeds, as I think they will, with uh, Indiana and Kentucky. They don't pick storylines. I don't know if yeah. anyone's told you this before, but they, they would never do that. The Yeah, Kentucky looked great uh, against Auburn. Then again, a lot of teams have this season. Uh, to me, it's just the confidence on the offensive end is there. For so long, it seemed like the offense was thrown into Oscar and hope to God he can do something with it. And if not, we're throwing up a shot and hoping he can get the rebound and a putback. Now you've got guys uh, that are showing the confidence to shoot. Toppin was 7 of 10 from the field against Florida with a big 19 points. Livingston, 4 of 11, not great, but still chipped in 10 points. Reeves is a volume scorer. He had 16. Like These guys are starting to hit, which is what they need. Their weakness is still going to be three-point shooting, uh, but if they play defensively to the level that we have seen them play, 
that we know they're capable of, uh, they they have a good chance to to win a couple games here and and keep keep moving forward. Yeah, and I mean just getting production out of Shibwe without losing too much with him on the court uh, defensively is going to be key to any sort of tournament run. Obviously, said I mean yeah. that's that's one of the things that's been holding them down this year. It's just not fleet of foot. Um, so you know the the old. Kofi Coburn issue um, that you run into sometimes, but you take the good with the bad, certainly, and and right now it's been very good for Kentucky. Big time. That's, uh, that is it for me for uh, for winners. Do you have any more? I just have one honorable mention. It's uh, the Bradley Braves down in beautiful Peoria. 16-4 and four finished the regular season. They beat Drake uh, for the regular season Missouri Valley Crown. They won 10 straight to get there, eight and four on the road this season. That's uh, their first Missouri Valley regular season title since the 95 96 season. So it's been a, a long time coming for uh, for the Braves fans. And this is this is dangerous team out of a dangerous league. This is a lot. There's a lot of depth here in the Missouri Valley. Any of these you know top five or six teams can absolutely win. The greatest uh, nicknamed tournament in in college basketball arch madness as they uh get ready to head down to st louis this year but credit to bradley they've got uh, a really interesting team a lot of a lot of foreigners their two best players are from the netherlands uh and they've got quite a foreign flair uh to this group they play great defense uh, are able to score it at a above average level according to ken palm but uh, defensively is where this team really digs in makes their money yeah, Missouri Valley is a lot of fun this year. Um, you know, obviously some uh, quote-unquote local uh, teams, if you're saying in the same state at least, uh, yeah. Bradley and, and Southern Illinois having good seasons. Uh, I mean, a, a year in which Belmont and Murray State joined the league, it's been the legacy teams that have really been leading from the front. Um, you know, Bradley beating Drake to, to clinch the uh, Missouri Valley regular season title storm in the court always a good idea always support it fully um yep yeah let's uh I I would like to see Bradley uh you know win win Arch Madness I know officially for the Jerome which is out right now I picked Drake but um you know anytime Bradley gets to the tournament we can show some old highlights of Patrick O'Brien that magical mm-hmm. one I I support it uh the the one the one Bad thing is about Arch Madness, there are a handful of really good teams. None of them are going to get in that large. So that yeah. just makes the tournaments all the more important. Um, it's going to be one of the most entertaining ones, as it always is. Um, but with the the lack of at-large potential, it's it's really do or die for all these teams. And yeah, credits to Bradley for an incredible season. Yeah, the, the fun part uh, about this top group is that each of these teams has a legit star, uh, you know, going from Indiana state up, Indiana state has Kervasier McCauley, who former DePaul legend, uh, all, all American name team for sure. He's averaging 16 points and five rebounds a game. Drake Scott, Tucker DeVries, because of course there's another one of those guys out there in this world. Uh, he's averaging 19 points. You've got uh, Marcus Damask at Southern Illinois, 17 points a game, six rebounds, four assists. 
and then Ben Shepard with 19 a game over at Belmont. So a lot of guys that can fill it up, do a little bit of everything. Uh, going to be a fun, fun tournament in St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah, so well. Uh, all right. So to to start out losers, got to gotta mention the bubble teams that just don't want to be in the tournament. New Mexico, again, just outstanding job of uh, blowing through all the house money they had accumulated by with that undefeated start, and they blew the lead against San Diego State, which would have been a, uh, a marquee win they so desperately needed. Instead, it's another loss. And uh, Penn State's. Oh boy. Uh blown lead against Rutger. It uh we were texting about this. It worked out for me in my uh my fantasy matchup, but Seth Lundy, 0 for eleven from three, normally one of the best shooters in the conference. Um just could not buy a bucket. Rutger is able to uh to come back from what was it, nineteen point deficit? Nineteen. Yeah. That's uh that should probably do it for Penn State, who I, I think most places was one of the uh, first four, next four out. Um, that's not going to do them any favors, but yeah, it's it is easy when we just say it out loud. But you just got to win games, and nobody wants to do it right now. All Penn State had to do was hit a couple open looks. I mean, Lundy alone probably had five or six wide open threes that he could not can, but. They just needed to hit a couple shots and this game was over. Like they they were running away with it. There was a point where I thought Rutger wouldn't pass 10 points. They just looked so lost. And this is absolutely a game that Penn State lost and, and Rutger didn't win. If I give them any credit, them being the team that starts with R, it's Derek Simpson had a, a fantastic game. But outside of that, like Caleb McConnell was in foul trouble early. Paul Mokehi was so bad in this game. It, it brought so much joy. Uh, he was 0 for 6, turned the ball over a few times. He fouled out. He, he just could not do anything uh, productive for them. But somehow, someway, Penn State found a way to lose, and that is that is the joy of the Bryce Jordan Center. It brings you chaos no matter, no matter who you are. My statement on Rutger is... Uh... Yeah, I'll just quote the uh, the artist Drill. You do not, under any circumstances, have to hand it to them. Uh, so, so perfect. Penn State's come signed, and, and they did it. Um, elsewhere, I would have to say Virginia. Um, yep. Brutal, 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 brutal. Um, and this is just a, a microcosm of what the ACC is this year. Um, we've got teams near the top of the conference that are hovering around the bubble uh we've got virginia losing to boston college by 15 and then finding a way to become the first team this year technically second but first one that counts now uh to give north carolina a quad one win because we're not counting the ohio state one anymore Mm -hmm. Uh, god just just brutal all around brutal just two very bad, no good losses for Tony Bennett. Somehow, some way, they are still 13th in the AP poll. I don't know what we're doing anymore that this matters or, or does anything. Uh, I tweeted it out earlier. Seven, seven voters had Virginia as a t- top 10 team. One had them at number six. What are we watching? 
that this Virginia team who got boat raced, boat raced by a bad Boston College team, they didn't even score 50 points. What are we doing that they are in the top top 10? I, I feel like Taylor's Wellman at this point. Yeah. Like this is it's just a joke. It is just a joke at this point. And the more this happens, the more I'm going to start shouting uh, louder and louder for us to make some sort of change as as a culture of college basketball fans and aficionados because it is uh, high time that we change something because this Virginia team really has not shown anything in the last month since, since the North Carolina State win uh, that they – deserve to be ranked whatsoever or are a team that is capable of winning a game in the NCAA tournament. They beat Duke in a tight game. They barely won at Louisville. They barely won against a terrible Notre Dame team. They lost to a bad BC team and they lost to a North Carolina team that I'm not convinced can win a game in the NCAA tournament. So naturally they'll make a run to the final four again. Yeah. Virginia is not even in first in the ACC now, um, which again, it's not a good conference. If yeah, we if we limited the Power Six to the six best conferences this year, the ACC would not be in it. Uh, so that's that's where we're at. Like the the team ahead of them in the standings blew a twenty five point lead to a bad Florida State team. Uh, yeah, and they are they are right around hanging around with Clemson, who admittedly had a good win over NC State that they desperately needed, but they have not been playing good basketball. Likely played their way out of the tournament or at least trying their hardest to. Um, so the ACC is another conference, probably even more so uh, than the Pac-12 because there are not really upper tier wins like in Arizona or a UCLA. Um, the ACC, I guess we'll see how much uh, value North Carolina garners from that Virginia win. I would guess more than they probably should, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's life, I suppose. Frustrating, annoying, but whatever. As long as, like, I will feel vindicated as long as the ACC does, you know, if the ACC puts zero teams in the second weekend, I will feel vindicated. But I feel like Miami could, could win a couple. North Carolina still is a matchup nightmare, even if they are not playing good basketball. Duke obviously has talent, but man, oh man, this league is bad. Yeah, I, I like Miami to maybe not quite replicate last year's run. Um, yeah, but they are they are good enough to win a couple of games, certainly. And I, I like the, the guard heavy lineup again. Uh they're playing tonight, so this could look uh, a little outdated. But Iowa State is is uh, yeah. They're having a rough go of it. Three straight losses, uh, including a noticeable lack of Hilton Magic and losing to last place Oklahoma. They just, they cannot score. Yeah. The the shooting splits from the last game are 31-26. And not to be outdone at the free throw line, they only shot 58% there. Uh, so just all three levels really struggling to score the ball. Um, and... It, it's just not sustainable. Uh, as, as good as their defense is, and it's it's been pretty solid for, for most of the year, you do still need to score points to win basketball games. Um, you know, and still a top 10 defense per Ken Bomb, but they are, 
they are wasting it completely. Um, this is a team that was in contention to to maybe be a top three seed, um, and they have they have definitely lit that on fire. Yeah, they're three and seven in their last ten games. Uh, that includes a five uh, one and five stretch over the last six. Uh, they're playing West Virginia, who they've already lost to in that stretch, uh, and then at Baylor to close the season, which has not been an easy. P- easy place to play this year offensively they are just a nightmare to watch they, they really are um we've talked about it a few times but this this team is falling very fast uh probably back to where they belong more likely they, this this could be just an aggressive reversion to the mean maybe a little too far but at the same time uh like we haven't necessarily seen a ton outside of January or like early January that's told us this team can compete with some of the better teams in the country yeah and I I think even despite all of this Iowa State's very much going to benefit on Selection Sunday from the Big 12's reputation I think right I think most of the league's prestige and kind of attributing that to its teams is deserved I think Iowa State is the one team that I'm probably going to see be seated higher than I would think is fair. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but I'm I'm getting I'm getting a vibe that that that's what's going to end up happening. Yeah, and then there'll be an easy fade. Yeah, uh, yeah, but you know, as you're listening to this, they might have just knocked off West Virginia. So, <laughs> yes, take that with a grain of salt. Who is a uh, another loser for you? I'm going to say Alabama. Uh, I know we've uh, kind of avoided discussing non-basketball topics, which I think fits the bill as we are, we're fans first and foremost. Uh, we are not legal experts. We are not anything of that, uh, of that area. We do not have expertise. We just talk about the games. Um, but the tone deafness of Brandon Miller on the intro is just truly remarkable. And then Nate Oates talking about how he doesn't know what's going on because he's busy drawing up plays. It's like, man, oh man, like just, just not the right answer to have after already having the wrong answer about everything that's gone on uh, in this, this horrible situation. Like the, the optics are getting worse and worse for a program that really has put out, put their neck out saying that, we care more about sports than anything else. Um, and it's, you know, you reap what you sow at this point. I don't know. I don't know that anything is going to change. Um, but that's where we're at. That's where we're at. I don't want to go too in depth because it gets us off topic, but it's like, just have, I know he's, he's young, but just have some sense of the situation, have an idea that the eyes are going to be all over you. And that may be getting patted down, as if you are, you know, going through security somewhere uh, after being involved in a situation that you were involved in is not a good idea. Someone could very easily make the bag just being a PR consultant for Alabama basketball because, yes. dear God, uh, I mean, even starting with the uh, the NATO's wrong place, wrong time, uh, just okay. masterclass of a press conference. Um, Obviously, with the the legal side of this, it's a it's a tragedy first and foremost. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the stories are a bit fluid. Um, you know, something that 
that looked like Brandon Miller was completely an accessory. Um, but the start, obviously, the waters are getting a little murky. I still think probably a situation where you at least place NATOs on administrative leave till you figure out what's going on. So an interesting move to say the least that they've just kind of been acting like it's uh business as usual. Uh, yeah. And I, there is no small part of that due to uh, the fact that Alabama is very good this year. Brandon Miller mm-hmm. is a likely lottery pick. Um, if he evades any legal trouble, um, I mean, the, from a basketball perspective, I think, you know, Alabama is kind of the, the heel this year um, at this point. Um, there's there's not really a team that, that most of the, the college basketball nation can kind of come and, and root against, but I think Alabama is probably the closest to it right now. Uh, yeah. I, you know, it's, they are having a historically good year, um, and in most years – for a team that, that doesn't have an overwhelming amount of basketball tradition, that'd be a fun story. Um, they've they've wasted that, uh, certainly. Um, between Darius Miles, now Brandon Miller, and uh, NATO's response to all of it. Um, but yeah, it's a very bad look. I think we can we can easily agree on. Yeah, not to mention he should have at least sat these games out. And he goes out, puts up 41 against South Carolina in a game that they absolutely should not have won. Uh, and then puts up 24 against Arkansas in a game they were down by nine at the half. Um, those are, you know, and as many as 11. Those are two games that they probably don't win if Brandon Miller isn't playing and he probably shouldn't have been playing. Yeah. It's like now now you're putting me in a, a position where I might have to root for uh Texas A and M um after like I just get yeah. so annoyed. Uh well, actually, you know what? Then uh strike that from the record. because um, I I forgot they just lost to Mississippi State. I was gonna say but before Saturday if A and M had won out, they would have been the one seed in the SEC tournaments. Um but never mind. That's that's not the case anymore. Um, so I'm I'm going back to being mostly a neutral party. But yeah, it's uh, it's big yikes, big yeah. yikes. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna throw Northwestern as another loser. Uh, Wildcats blow a huge lead against Illinois, uh, and then get absolutely worked by Maryland, as we've already talked about. They were up 18 uh, in the game against Illinois at the half go on to score just 25 points, allow 47. Uh, Boo Booey had 35 of the team's 62. Absolutely no production outside of him. They made 10 field goals. The team did. Uh, by or Northwestern made 10 field goals by players not named Boo Booey, and it, it just... When the offense is bad, it is very bad for them. And sometimes, like you've mentioned, they can rely on... Uh, that defense and just muddying games or even uh, just style of Big Ten play. It will be interesting to see who they get paired up with in the NCAA tournament because this could be a very quick trip for Chris Collins' team. Yeah, like he he's probably still a coach of the year in the Big Ten just because like he does not have much to work with. And like um, I thought... I thought Barron was going to have a, uh, a like a, a breakout season um, due to like 
someone has to in the front court, but he he has really found himself in a funk uh, for most of the Big Ten season. And yeah, I mean this this is almost two games in a row of this. They blow the huge lead against Indiana. They're able to hold on and win at the end. Yeah, almost the same script against Illinois. Uh, it's like they they are what they are. Like Northwestern could have won the Big Ten this year because Purdue. Yeah. Purdue is falling apart right now, um, and if Northwestern had been able to take advantage, just hold on against Illinois, uh, they could have played their way into position, but now they're, with everyone else, two games back of Purdue with uh, two to play. Um, you know, I don't think Purdue is going to lose their last two games. Um, I, I think at least, well, I don't know. So, some, uh, no. Some some fuckery is going to go on in Madison, I, I think, because <laughs> Wisconsin still still has a chance to make the tournament, and uh, the loss to Michigan is not helping matters. Um, so you know, I, we'll see is what I will say. But there's no chance for for an outright title uh, for Northwestern. So that's you know, it's one of those things where obviously expectations for the season have changed. You're obviously thrilled that you are now in position to make the NCAA tournament for only the second time ever, but you could have had more. Um, so yeah. that, that aspect of it is, is certainly disappointing. No doubt about it. Um, and I'd also have Illinois on there. It's like, great, you, you beat Northwestern, but you then lost to lifeless corpse Ohio State. Um, and honestly, like, a, a lot of that game was not very close either. Um, yeah, like... To lose to Ohio State in 2023 is no small feats. Um, many have failed at doing so. Um, but, you know, I, I guess add Illinois um, to that illustrious club. They, uh, I mean, re-loser Northwestern, they also lost to Ohio State this calendar year. I forgot about that. Um, but it's only been a couple wins since January. Um, just great moment for Jeff Goodman so you can tweet out some more praise uh, for Chris Holtman but this is a, a program in in disarray and I mean Illinois really could have used a, a win to to cap off a perfect week and kind of position themselves better again in the the log jam trying to to go for that double buy but now they're at best in uh, sixth right now with uh, with some work to do in the final week of the season that includes the game against Purdue. Yeah, they, uh, they've got Michigan, who's playing pretty decent right now. <clears throat> and then Purdue, like you mentioned, this would have, like you said, would have been a nice way to bounce back. They beat Minnesota, which is what you should do. They had a great comeback against Northwestern. It looks like things may be turning around and then laying egg at Ohio State. And it's but a perfect microcosm of this season for uh, for Illinois. When you, when it looks like things are going well, disaster strikes. And then when you think things can't get worse, they all of a sudden put together a great game. Uh, so very, very frustrating for Illinois fans, I'm sure. Uh, but they've got to find a way to win at least one of these games down the stretch. Yeah. Yeah, I would... Uh... Agree with that wholeheartedly. Like the the Michigan game, especially because I mean, yeah, Mackey last game of the regular season. That's going to be tough. Um, but 
Michigan at home is a, a game you absolutely have to win. Um, uh, yeah, that's that's another team that, like a lot of the Big Ten, is going to be somewhere in that probably seven to ten range. Um, last couple of seasons, that's just been Big Ten country. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that they they are absolutely a team. I have no idea what to expect um, in the tournament, and it's not even like a wait till I see the matchups. It's just the ceiling and floor yeah. are miles apart. They are. And and to think, like, if they do lose these last two games, they'd be 10-10 and 10 in Big Ten play, and I think that has to be looked at as a, a colossal failure with this lineup. Yeah, it would be appropriate for the randomness seeming yeah. at, at times of this season. But, yeah, I, I think in the preseason, it was kind of back and forth. Indiana, Illinois, I did not believe in Illinois, but in fairness, I didn't really believe in anyone. Uh, yeah. So, you know, and a five-way tie for the title seems unlikely, but, you know, something like that, I would feel vindicated. Yeah. This is just a league that really, like, pretty should have coasted to, like, 18-2. and two. They don't want to win it. Um, the People have realized they start two freshman guards and not lottery picks. Um, so they're regressing to the mean. Um, but, yeah, that's... There, there's, there's no one here that is a national championship threat. Um, which yeah, it's just well, a recurring theme here. Same old, same old. Uh, that's that's it for me. Did uh, do you have anyone else? That's all I've got. All right. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, uh, the Jerome is getting underway. If you're not familiar, um, it is the conference tournaments uh, challenge we both have our picks for who we think is going to win the first batch of conference tournaments that get underway this week obviously the the bigger conferences get going next week we will have uh, a final wrap-up of the regular season on next week's show and uh we'll be in march so yeah. just, a, just a couple weeks away from uh the best few weeks in sports very excited for that um and we will Talk to you next week.